This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome in to a live reaction podcast. That's Don Callahan. I'm Tommy Ashley. We're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. This is the Scoop Live on Sunday night. So let's see why this broke out. We've got Wednesday's show that will have a new name on Wednesday at noon. So everybody that's listening now, certainly be, be sure to stay with us on Wednesdays. But we're here tonight because Don Callahan texted me this morning, Sunday morning. I was at the coast and said, there's going to be a commitment. And I said, cool, I'll be home shortly. We'll get it done. And then I get a text when Don's telling me it's going to be later in the day. I get an inside Carolina text that was not later in the day. So I say all that to say this. Welcome to everybody that's joined us here live. This is a reaction podcast commitment of Michael Merdinger, quarterback from Florida to North Carolina, a three-star guy that committed to Chip Lindsey and Mac Brown and the North Carolina Tar Heels today, Sunday, May 7th. Don, tell us a little bit about what North Carolina is getting here. So he's a kid who has a really interesting story, mostly because he hasn't, well, he started, he's only started one varsity game and has played behind a UCF signee who actually Chip Lindsay helped, helped bring to UCF prior to coming to North Carolina. So he doesn't have a whole lot of, of experience and, but in spite of that, was able to draw a lot of attention, had a really good Elite 11 camp where um, drew even more attention. A lot of Power 5 offers, I mean, I'm sorry, a lot of Group of 5 offers, but schools like Minnesota, Georgia Tech, and obviously North Carolina were coming in. And I think a lot of it was just, you know, schools were hesitant to offer someone who hasn't, who was unproven up until this point. So he, he's played in high school, plays for Cardinal Gibbons High School in Florida. Mm-hmm. Did not did not realize there was another Cardinal Gibbons, um, but this one's in Florida. So he, he's played behind a pretty good guy. He's performed well at camps. Is it safe to say that Chip Lindsey, in recruiting um, his starter from Cardinal Gibbons that started ahead of Merdinger, is it safe to say Chip Lindsey has had eyes on this guy for a good while? Yeah, so, and we probably need to take a step back and kind of explain what has been going on in North Carolina with the quarterback position, recruiting for this class. Obviously, you change your quarterback coach, your offensive coordinator, you almost kind of have to start over just because relationships are 
huge. I mean, they're they're big at every position, but the quarterback position it's it's so important because of you're going to really really spend so much time with this guy for the next four years or however long you're on campus. So once you change that position, coach, you have to start over. That's kind of sort of what Lindsey did when he came to North Carolina, other than Jaden Davis, who's an in-state guy, stayed on him. It was kind of the sort of the same story with Jaden Davis, where he flirted a little bit, gave some hope, but then ultimately chose a different school, which is Michigan. You know, Lindsey brought in or um, offered as soon as he, you know, as soon as I think it was like the first day that he was officially UNC's offensive coordinator and quarterback coach, offered KJ Jackson and Jake Merklinger. Both of those guys made North Carolina their first visits following the holiday dead period. They visited again later, uh, but both those guys end up going in a different direction. KJ committed to Arkansas. Merklinger uh, committed to Tennessee. When those things started happening, and there's a couple other quarterbacks that UNC messed with also who end up going in a different direction, but when those those, um, recruitments started to kind of hit a dead end, was right before the, the spring evaluation period. So Chip Lindsey, and I think this was a smart move, decided, hey, look, we have some guys that were really intriguing guys, want to get a look at before we make a move. Let's wait until I'm able to get on the road, watch these guys throw uh, before actually offering additional quarterbacks. That's what he did. He used the early part of the spring evaluation period, which only began, well, I guess it's about almost three weeks now. And the three, well, there was, I guess we'll say there's four. Cash McCollum, um, although North, although Chip Lindsay never made it to see, was one that was on the board also. But really was Trevor Jackson, another kid from Florida. Aaron Philo, a kid from Georgia. And Mer, uh, Merdinger, who's also obviously from Florida, were, were the main three, the ones that he went and saw, watch and throw. After seeing those guys throw, he invited Merdinger to campus. He visited this past Friday. He was offered, and he committed. And basically, you know, North Carolina got their answer with the uh, the quarterback position pretty quickly. So, director of scouting, twenty four seven Sports, Andrew Evans says this about Merdinger. Obviously, he hasn't played a ton of live snaps, but what we have seen over the past year has been impressive. Quick release, very accurate, oftentimes on the move. A guy we're excited to see in his spring jamboree, which is a few weeks away and then in the fall. A unique story. Once you spend time around him, you'll like him even more. Don, tell us a little bit about the, the unique story here, but also... I guess this goes to show, uh, and this is something that you and I have discussed on these podcasts since I've started doing them, the the camps versus high school film or high school play. And for a guy like this, this is an offer based on camps, based on Mm -hmm. practice and all that. Um, He has a lot to show on the field, but he's a commitment. He's 13th, Carolina's 13th commitment, or excuse me, 12th commitment in the 2024 class. Carolina's up to 12. This is the 13th commitment. A lot, lot of numbers here. I do not do math. But, Don, tell me why this is an important commitment for Chip Lindsey, given that Drake May is obviously in his last uh, season at North Carolina this fall, unless something massive changes. And then there's questions surrounding whether the depth in the room currently is adequate for 2024. Yeah, so you obviously the assumption is that Drake May will leave after this season. 
And before Drake May, we had Sam Howell, who's now playing for the Washington Commanders. I, I, I have a hard time saying Commanders. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I won't call you out. but uh. <laughs> So you want to continue that tradition, obviously. And um, you, there, there are some, some decent prospects in that room right now. Tad Hudson, who, who was signed the prior class, another in-state guy. Um, Connor Harrell was a guy that has got a lot of buzz a year ago. It seems that you would know better than me. I mean, um, how much of the quarterback stuff were you able to see? And what were your thoughts on just what was behind Drake May? Uh, you know, I, I really like what Connor Harrell looked like last year. Um, I don't know how much better he's gotten um, over the course of a season. I do think he's got some value. I'm not sure just watching him if he's got the arm talent or at least the accuracy that they need in this offense. But then again, we don't know what this offense is yet. So, yeah, you know, I, I think this fall answers a lot of questions about the quarterback room beyond Drake May. It is interesting, um, you know, with the transfer portal and all that good stuff, um, that Lindsey's gone out and gotten him a guy that he's seen, he's laid eyes on more than once. Um, so I, I think it's kind of up in the air. You know, to be quite honest, if it was a longo room still, you'd know a little better. Um, but right now, I guess I, I think I say I speak for everybody. And if I don't, somebody chime in in the chat. It's all about um, it's all about waiting and seeing. So mm -hmm. it's waiting and seeing what Chip, Chip Lindsay does on the, uh, you know, on the field and what the Carolina offense does on the field. It's all about what Murdinger does in high school when he gets a chance to be the guy in high school. And I would assume that a school down there has got some pretty good talent and mm -hmm. some pretty good competition. I know that the Gibbons here does uh, mm -hmm. in North Carolina. So let me ask you a question about this. Why did North Carolina go in Chip Lindsay go towards Merdinger rather than the other two that you discussed a little bit earlier? So I think the one big, I guess, benefit that Merdinger had, even though he lacks, a, you know, the in-game experience, the starting experience was that Lindsay obviously knew him really well because he recru recruited the quarterback above him for the past year plus. And so every time he was, and let me get this quarterback's name, um, Dylan, I think it's uh, Risk, Risk, Rizik. Yeah, I, I don't know. I trust you. <laughs> I, would I, say don't trust, I don't trust Rizk, me. Yeah, R-I-Z-K. Yeah, so obviously every time he went to visit Cardinal Gibbons to check him out, he was naturally seeing um, Merdinger throw also, so he's comfortable. But the other thing, too, is so I think between the three that North Carolina was looking at, he was the lowest rated. But I feel like we can make a case that he had the highest ceiling between the three, mostly because in the – I mean, he completed 70% of his passes – his numbers were really good. He had what was it? Um, I know he only had one interception and uh, how many touchdowns? Nine, 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 touchdowns. Yeah, nine, nine to one. Right. Really good ratio and, right there. Yeah, so, seventy percent. You wonder about when he's getting in and yes, the status and that's part of, of ball games, but still and impressive that's, numbers. Yeah, yeah. So the numbers are impressive and the small sample size. But yes, you have to have the caveat of this is mop up duty. He's play, probably playing against crappy competition at that time. The competition is good, but he's probably playing against second stringers at the end of games. Although he does have 
uh, he did start a game last season. So he does have that. Uh, so what I'm basically saying in that small sample size, his numbers are really good. And so if, if he can continue that over a full season, then this could be quite a steal for North Carolina. And so I guess my, what I'm, what I'm saying is that compared to the other two, he probably has a higher ceiling. Now he probably has a lower floor, but, um, he probably has the higher ceiling. And then you have the, the comfort, the, uh, familiarity that coach Lindsay has with him just from being around him much more or seeing him throw in person much more than the other two guys. Yeah. And it's another interesting uh, quote in your article from today, uh, 5.14 weighted GPA. Yeah. And I, and, and I missed the days where 4.0 was the highest you could get, but 5.1 yeah. smart kid. Yeah. Very, very uh, talented in the classroom. Good leader, his coach says. He's got everything you need. When you look at this commitment, and I wanted to get your take here because this is something I've thought about really with everything we've talked about high school recruiting-wise, is you have to, and we've talked about building the program from the high school ranks, you have to get guys um, and develop them, show you can develop the quarterback, show that you can recruit, develop, and then turn them into good ones. But the portal still offers a, a, a parachute, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if Carolina, obviously he's not going to come in next year and be a guy in 2024. He's not going to be the guy. But even if Harold's not the guy, even if Tad Hudson's not the guy, that transfer portal, Don, just sort of what's your feeling on the transfer portal allowing coaches to recruit maybe an off-the-radar person like Merdinger more so than they could afford to um, years, you know, five, 10 years ago. Yeah, I think you hit on it. And I think that, you know, we're, we'll actually get into this a little bit more on the weekly scoop this week. But I think that uh, it, it definitely, the portal gives you so much more flexibility with, with, with that sort of thing. Now, I North Carolina probably still would have went in this direction, even if there was no portal, but it definitely makes you feel a little bit better. Although I just, I think really, if you look at this, the, the room that they have, I think, I mean, these are guys who were, were for you know, different reasons, high rankings, whatever it may be, you know, Connor Harrell played it, played at a, a great high school, you know, Tad Hudson, you know, played at a great high school, also great arm talent. You know, I, I think that there's potential there for at least one of these guys to, to obviously, you know, step up and, and, you know, it, it's going to be hard to completely replace Drake may, but at least be, someone who can run this offense, I think is, is there, there's the potential there. I think what's interesting and folks, uh, I understand how folks are on the message boards. I, you know, I can be the same way and be cynical and, and Hey, everybody may be accurate, maybe right. But Carolina struck gold in the last two, the last four years to have uh, Sam Howe and Drake may in the backyard. You know, you don't, you don't go in your backyard and dig around and find golden nuggets too many times. And North Carolina was able to do that. Now, have they parlayed that into outside recruiting success? That's a debate. And Brett Weeks in the chat said, I'm going to go ahead and say it. And this is, I'm quoting Weeks. Recruiting seems to be on decline. And the portal is that parachute. Um, and, and that's what we were just discussing. But the, the fact of the matter is that Howell and Drake May were ready-made North Carolina players. They got them there. 
and they mm-hmm. had some success with them. I, I would wager they didn't have as much success as maybe they could have. We'll see what happens this year. Um, this year is going to be a gigantic tail, I think, for everybody in the Keenan Football Center, um, Chip Lindsay included. Don, let me ask you a, a question. Well, you wanna, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Go ahead. Yeah, let, let me uh, – I got it. I'm driving. I'm All right, driving. I'm not dead. Sometimes you, I got to grab the wheel. I don't want you to hit the median. You sit in the back and you enjoy your uh, <laughs> mint juleps in your jacket and your uh, Kentucky Derby attire, and I've, I've got the wheel. But uh, I failed to mention Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Take care of those folks, please. Everybody, If everybody on these live videos – would order something from Johnny T-shirt at least once a month or once every other month. Man, we would do them such a great deed, and they continue to do us a great deed. So take care of Johnny T-shirt and get that 10% off. Quarterback recruiting, Luke in the chat says, will UNC pursue any more quarterbacks in this cycle, or is this it? High school quarterbacks North Carolina is done unless something unforeseen occurs. You know, Typically, you're only going to sign one high school quarterback per class. There are some exceptions, but you know this North Carolina is not. This is not a situation where it would be one of those exceptions. Interesting take there. Um, one and done in the quarterback recruiting room. Carolina has that guy, Brett Weeks, getting in good. Shout out to Brett for joining us. What do you think this class will rank when it's all said and done? <laughs> Don, that's one of those questions you sort of have to peer into your, into <laughs> well, we your can, future. Yeah, I mean, we, um, you know, the 24-7 Sports has that class calculator, which I use a lot to try to see just where things sit and all that. And then I think it's important to kind of look at prior classes to kind of see. But I, I think really we're, we're looking at a class that is probably going to be rankings-wise about where the last class was. And it might actually be a little bit higher, uh, meaning, you know, what the last one ended, what was it, 29th, was it? I trust you. Those are your numbers. <laughs> I don't look backwards. I look forward. That's right. I think it was, you know, 2930. Something like um, that, yeah. So so I, if North Carolina can finish in the top 30, that would be great. With, when with, I look at your art, let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you about your article. It says Merdinger's commitment moves the 24 class up to 12 in the team rankings mm-hmm. as the 13th commitment. Those rankings being 12th, just so folks understand, being 12th is because you have 13 commitments. You've got more than most schools. Is that accurate? Yes. And so right now it's just so hard to, I mean, the one thing that, you know, and they do a great job with the rankings, but it they are almost I don't want to say pointless, but this early in the cycle, it's it's there's so much that can happen. There's so many, you know, big, I guess, um, impactful commitments that will happen. A lot of the bigger name recruits aren't going to decide yet. I mean, there's there's so much left. So yeah, so while yeah, you'd rather be higher now than lower, you're more likely going to kind of just drop i think one of the best ways to kind of see is by looking at do you have the rankings in front of you i'm pulling it up now I don't um have the team rankings i can get there uh yeah i'm here now so where is okay so you know, north carolina's you, you look at the average you know they're averaging 87.27 which is a high three star but that's probably not going to keep them in the top 
25. Look who's right above them on those rankings. That should tell folks what the numbers at this point yeah. in the season or at this point in the cycle mean. Yeah. Wake, we, Wake Forest. Yeah. And they, and they have 15 commits. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I, I know this is, it's a little bit misleading to look at the rankings right now. Yeah. And, and you've got Alabama and Clemson way down. Um, with a lot less. I, I've always thought you look at star rankings, the average yes. star ranking. I think that's the best way to look at it. And all, I think, but. so I think, yes, right now it's better to look at it. I don't like looking at, like once the, the class ends, I, I feel like you have to take the class as a whole. And a lot of people like to look at the star rankings because one of the things that the formula we use, I can't remember, it's some sort of special formula. And it actually weighs the bigger recruits more than the lesser recruits so I feel like it gives a really good picture of, of the class as a whole, as opposed to the rankings. You know, if you only have, you sign 15 guys and 12 of them are four stars, and that, I think that kind of skews things. But anyway, that's a whole so, different conversation. Yeah, and we can certainly have it as we continue to do the Scoop Live on Wednesdays at noon. Yes. Shout out to Sean Crawley, man. Sean, you're here no matter what. So we could do this at midnight and you'd still be in here. <laughs> and that's a credit to you, my friend. Um, nighttime scoop a little easier than lunch hour scoop but always good to listen we appreciate that don let me ask you something uh, a question and i'll pull one from my chat my brain okay how, how who gets more credit okay does a coaching staff get more credit for having a five star that performs like a five star or has three stars and maybe low four stars, high three stars, that ultimately perform like five stars. Is that so, something that recruits pay attention to, schools pay attention to? They should. I think – so you look at it and you look at Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, and what they have done is they take those four and five stars and they make sure that they actually perform like four and five stars, meaning that they get they get drafted and have great college careers. And then you look at, you know, the Iowa's, the Wake Forest's of the world and how they just rely on those three stars, but yet put together good teams. I don't think they get enough credit for that. I mean, people bring it up, but, you know, if you're going to talk about, well, who's the best at producing or, or developing, everyone's going to name Nick Saban and Kirby, and Kirby Smart. And I, and I think there's a valid point to that. But I think a lot more credit needs to go. I th I th I personally think it's much more difficult to take a kid that not many people wanted and turn them into a draft pick as opposed to taking a kid that everybody wanted and just making sure they stay online and develop and become a draft pick. I, that's my personal opinion. But, I mean, I'm not going to argue hard if you want to say Nick Saban and, and how difficult it is to kind of to keep these kids motivated who obviously are just – you know, physical freaks. Yeah. It's always interesting to me when they're talking about the great coaches Yeah, and they say, you know, so-and-so is a great coach. Well, I mean, he's got the great, the best players every year. Yeah. And I, I agree. I agree. And, and at that point you're, you're coaching, but you're also just not screwing it up. And yes. so, and there are coaches who do screw it up. So, so you can't just completely dismiss it because there's, there's been plenty of coaches who've had a lot of talent and just, you know, Larry Coker is the first one that comes to my mind. There's my <laughs> he rode somebody's coattails that yeah. shall not be named here. Shh, don't do that. Don't stir up the <laughs> masses. Let me ask you a last question before we get out of here. Michael Murdinger, quarterback from Cardinal Gibbons in Florida, 
committed to North Carolina today, Sunday, May 7th. Uh, you had an opportunity to talk to him, mm-hmm. and you've got your Q&A up. What did you take away most from that brief conversation you had with Michael? Well, you mentioned a quote, I think it was from Andrew Ivins, about just how likable he is when you when you talk to him. I really, that, that was my first time, in, well, my first time actually speaking with him. We've been texting for a, a couple of months now. But uh, yeah, very, very likable kid. I thought that everything, I mean, he expressed it. It was thought out. He laid out his process. He laid out his mindset. He was very um, forthcoming with every, with his thoughts, his feelings and all that. And I thought it was great. I also think, you know, don't want to give away too much, but uh, I thought it was great, at least from a UNC fan's perspective, that you know, this kid didn't announce it until Sunday, whatever time that was, was it two o'clock, whenever it was, but he is already recruiting for North Carolina. He said he spent Saturday night messaging guys. And so I think that's, that's good, a good sign for North Carolina, something that the fans can definitely be appreciative about. And, and, you know, I mean, having a, having, I think that's something that North Carolina missed the past two classes is having like this, you know, great, commitment recruiter if that makes sense someone who you know like for those who've been following crew in a long time like you know michael carter and um uh, jake lawler sort of level of guys who just love to to help recruit to the class yeah you got to have it you got to have guys that other guys want to come play with and yeah. and um sounds like he is if, if you haven't read it and you're in this um, and shout out to the close to 100 folks that have joined us tonight. If you haven't read it, go check it out. It's on the, it's on Inside Carolina. It's on the Tar Pit Premium Message Board, and there's some comments and all. You know, I think at this point, it, I think it's an echo chamber and sort of a, a, a recency bias and all those different words you want to say when people say um, recruiting is in trouble. I think the field is where North Carolina needs to prove something this year, mm-hmm. not in a recruiting class. And I think uh, – I think a good season for Mac Brown and his Tar Heels this year on the field, starting with South Carolina on Labor Day weekend, is where it's got to start. Because at mm-hmm. some point, um, you can recruit the top classes, you can do all that, but if you don't produce, eventually it's going to decline. And that's that's the nature of the beast. So North Carolina has the opportunity to take care of it. But Merdinger joins the North Carolina 2024 recruiting class. According to Don Unless something major happens, the one and only high school quarterback that'll be a part of that class. Don Callahan in the sports jacket or whatever you want to call it, smoking jacket, you know, rolling with the T-shirt and all. I'm sweating. I had a cup of coffee to stay up for this. (laughs) Um, But it's been fun, Don. We will be back on Wednesday at noon to talk a little North Carolina football recruiting with a new name. A new name. I got to get an address from somebody because I got a hat for you. Uh, but we'll be back then. Check out Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Certainly check out Don all over Inside Carolina and the Tar Pit Premium Message Boards. He will answer your questions. You can ask Don Callahan a, a, a question on the boards, and he comes in and answers. It's just a fabulous thing. Shout out to everybody in the chat. It doesn't you even got- have to be football recruiting. Related. I know. Yeah, what are we going to do? What's our top five uh, for Wednesday? We'll have to come up with something. Yeah, we'll, po- we'll post it on the board. We'll see. What about top goes. five actors? Okay, we can do that. All right. Top five male actors, female actors, or everybody. Ooh, that's good. Maybe we should do. We just do male first, and we could always do female. Okay. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to get in trouble. So maybe we combine it. We'll figure it out. <laughs>
Okay. I know who my number one is. I know who okay. my my top two are. I don't even have to think. About I know it. who my top two are. Okay. So. All right. So t- top five lists. Top five actors. We've already done the football show, Crowley. Crowley, sorry. We'll get to it. <laughs> thanks, everybody. Thanks, Don. Thanks, uh, listeners and watchers from Inside Carolina. Check us out. Everybody be safe. Have a great rest of the weekend. We'll see you Wednesday. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.